1 Peter 3, we're going to start in verse 8 tonight. 1 Peter 3, 8 says this, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips uh, that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good, let him seek peace and ensue it. Uh, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open under their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Yeah. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But if uh, but and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth tonight and its power. And Lord, I pray that you help me to be able to preach. Lord, touch my voice tonight. Lord, open up our ears in our hearts to what uh, you have for us tonight. Lord, help us to live uh, according to your will, live according to your standard of righteousness. And Lord, we ask for your help in doing it. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for all things in Jesus' name. And amen. amen. So, uh, the book of 1 Peter, I found that one, uh, one thing it said it was written to the Gentile Christians. Another thing I read said it was written to the Jewish Christians. So we'll just say it was written to the Christians uh, that were probably undergoing persecution at the time. Uh, and Peter, one of the goals that he has is he wanted them uh, to remember that even if they endured suffering, that it was only temporary. That persecution was temporary, and he wanted to strengthen them and encourage them to continue on and to live a holy life regardless of what was going on in the world around them. And you think about that, that's, that's good uh, that shows that it's good stuff for us today. Like, you know, we see uh, things going on around us. We see the problems. We see the strife. And uh, we face some persecution from time to time. Uh, but one of the things to remember is any suffering that happens in this life is not going to compare to the life uh, to come. It will be in an instant we will forget any uh, trouble that we've uh, had in this life. But in the midst of suffering, one of the questions that we see and we think about is how should a Christian live? How, how, uh, what, what does the Lord say a Christian? How should we live in times like this? And I believe that uh, in this section it gives us some things to think about. In verse 8 it says this, Finally be ye all of one mind. And he's saying uh, that doesn't mean that we can't have independent thoughts. That doesn't mean that each of us can have our own ideas. But what he wants is I believe the Lord wants Christians to be like-minded. And yes. I, I, I yes. think what happens is, is we focus on things we disagree about, uh, but instead we need to focus on things we agree about. So we don't have to agree on every issue. In fact, I was talking to someone tonight uh, about that this afternoon and saying, hey, uh, it's going to be hard to find a church or a group or some uh, Christian that agrees in every single thing right. that you do. Yes. Uh, we don't all agree on things. But, you know, there are a lot of things that are like preferences and uh, 
you know, and almost opinions and different things like that. Those things that are non-essential, uh, it's okay if we have a difference of opinion. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, these non-essential things, if we were to divide over that, I, I believe that's a sin. I believe it's sinful that some of these churches will divide over the most ridiculous things uh, uh, where they agree in almost everything else. And, and, and he said, hey, don't just have... Uh, uh, Finally, be ye all of one mind. He doesn't have a little uh, extra bit there that says, as long as that one mind agrees with your mind. No, he says to be of one mind. And you know, the devil loves division. I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that over the years. The devil wants to divide as much as he can. He wants to divide families, marriages, households. He wants to divide churches. Uh, he wants to divide you from your sanity. He wants all those things. Uh, but here's the thing. What does the Lord want? He wants unity, doesn't he? He wants togetherness. Uh, and uh, But never unity just for the sake of unity, uh, but realizing that if, if there's not false doctrine involved, if there's not these essential things involved, then we need to fellowship together. And I believe we do that. That's a blessing to think about it. And we can build one another up. We can help one another. Yeah. And even from yeah. time to time, yeah. challenge yeah. one another. Yeah. That's good. That's okay. Uh, that's what he wants us to have. Not only that, he says having compassion one of another. Uh, we need to empathize with one another. Treat each other with love. Uh, yeah. Bear one yeah. another's burdens. You know, when one of us are hurting, that should cause us all to hurt for yeah. that brother or sister. Uh, and, and then lift them up in prayer. Uh, and, and help them with their needs. But uh, there needs to be harmony at the home. You know, he dealt with that earlier uh, in this passage. You know, some people were probably like, we're not starting in verse 1 or verse 7 or anything. Uh, but uh, he's talking about harmony and things like that. And, and like I said, too many churches have split over preferences and opinions and things uh, or you know someone gets hurt or something like that uh, but all that does is hurt the name of the Lord a lot of times when that happens you know you can't have uh, the first church and then the uh, you got the other church over here the the United Church of never splitting brethren that came out of the first church you know uh, you know the world sees those things God says we need to be loving, pitiful, or tender and compassionate. We need to be courteous. Uh, the end of the verse says that's friendly to one another. Uh, he wants us to really love one another. And I think that's what he's getting. He's using all these uh, different words to say, hey, there's got to be a genuine love for the brethren. Not a love that's faked. Not a love that's driven by rules. But a genuine care one for another. And that's what he wants. Not just in word, but in actions as well. Jesus said this in John 13, 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. He said, hey, Jesus himself was saying that the love that we should have for one another is actually turns into a witnessing tool. When they see that we love one another, they're going to realize, wait a second, in this world, they love one another when they agree only. They love one another when someone will do someone for something for somebody else. But God says we need to love each other even when we don't agree, even when things go wrong and things like that. The world will see a difference. And I'm thankful for that because I've seen it happen from time to time. 
This world does not see genuine love and compassion. There's always strings attached. There's always ulterior motives. But as a Christian, if we show love with no strings attached, if we show love uh, that's unconditional as best as we can, it will show that there's something different, and we can tell them who that is. That's Jesus Christ. Uh, We don't automatically love one another. We love one another because God's love is in our hearts. That's why. We can tell people that. But I'll tell you what, that doesn't mean we don't get on one another's nerves from time to time. That's going to happen. We are going to have conflict and different things, but it's how we deal with it. That's why he goes on to verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil, railing for railing, but contrawise blessing. He's saying, hey, uh, it's easy to love uh, uh, someone until they do something wrong, right? Until they make you mad, until they say something you don't like. But hey, here's the question. What happens when a Christian does that? What happens when Christians say something wrong to one another, do something that offends you or whatever? What are you going to do? What's your response? Are you going to lash out? Are you going to get angry? Are you going to yell? Are you going to give them the silent treatment? Uh, or, 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 you know, speak our peace or give them what they, give them the what for? Are we going to do one of these things? No, the Bible says do not render evil for evil. No retaliation. That's hard. It's easy to read that, but put it in a real situation. Put it in everyday life. The world would say to do the opposite, right? The world would never say to bless the person that wrongs us, but that's what God says. It's hard to show compassion to people who hurt us. But Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. None of that comes naturally. None of that is easy. In fact, most of us don't even do a real good job of that. But here's what we have to do. We have to pray for God's help. God, give me wisdom and grace and strength when these situations happen. Because immediately, I know the way I want to react. Right? You know that person that knows exactly what button to push. Right? They know exactly where to go. And immediately, you know exactly how to say it in return. That's when we have to say, God, help me. We don't have time for a long prayer, but you can say, Lord, help me right now. Help me not say something or do something that will make this worse. You know what God promises? Look at the end of verse 9. See, the beginning of verse 9 is hard, right? It's really difficult. Knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. You know, he didn't go into a lot of detail right there, what that is or when it is or if we get the blessing now or later or anything like that. But I'll tell you what, there is a blessing uh, when it comes to unity and forgiveness among Christian people. There's a blessing for that. Uh, And so not only does the world see it as a witness, but God said, I'll bless you when you do these things. I'll, I'll bless you. And again, I don't know the details. You have to ask the Lord for that. But I guarantee he will make it worthwhile. Verse 10, for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from they that speak no guile. Peter's quoting from Psalm 34, uh, and in verse 10, he's starting to say, let him refrain his tongue from evil, let his lips that they speak no guile. And I don't know about you, there's only been one person who's been successful in this. That's Jesus Christ. He was able to speak perfectly, to hold his tongue perfectly, uh, and say the right thing. Uh, And here's the thing, we could just give up, throw up our hands, 
and say, you know what? I'll never be able to fully tame my tongue, right? Because the Bible says we won't. I'll never be able to speak perfectly. But I'll tell you what, even though we can't attain perfection, the Bible says, hey, you've got to get as close. You've got to work on the tongue. We've got to work on what we say. Uh, let, let that same power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that's turning us into a new creature in Christ that is taking care of those things and, and, and pointing out things, let him work on your tongue as well. Because here's the thing. I've heard a lot of Christians, unfortunately, say, well, God just knows how I am. He made me this way. I just speak what's on my mind. You know, that's what they say. And I'm thinking, does that mean God is not powerful enough? He is powerful enough to create this universe. He's powerful enough to uh, to part the sea, to walk on the water, uh, to do all sorts, to raise the dead. But he's not powerful enough to touch you in our tongue. It's because we won't let it. That's the key. We won't let it. He is powerful enough. Yeah, David in Psalm 34 that he was, Peter was quoting, he wished he could take back some of those lies. He lied to him like the priest. He lied to uh, uh, one of his mighty men there about Bathsheba. He lied all those. He, he did these different things that he wished he could go back. And don't we think that too? I wish we could unsay different things that we've said. Well, we can't, but I'm glad there's a forgiving God. And I'm glad that, again, what's he say to forgive one another? Right? You know what I found in my life that's really helped me is when I realized how much forgiveness I want people to give me. Yes. And I need to turn around and expect yes. to give that as well. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but when I say and do the wrong thing, I'm expecting mercy. Right? But when someone else does something wrong to me and says the wrong thing, I want vengeance, right? Yeah. Yeah. It helps when we realize that, hey, maybe I should give the benefit of the doubt to that person, the same one I would want yeah. if they yeah. thought I said yeah. the wrong thing. 11. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. So verse 11, he's talking about living righteously. And see, before he deals with living righteously, he just dealt with talking righteously, speaking righteously. And here's the thing. Uh, we've got to be careful about what comes out of our mouths. We just talked about that. And here's the thing. If we, if we can guard the tongue a little more than we do today, we'd have less conflict. We'd have less time where we'd have to go get forgiveness. And it would be easier to live righteously if we could get this mouth a little bit better in order. We need to care, be careful, but also if we start living right again, uh, it brings blessings and peace and different things like that. And that should be the goal for us is to live as righteously as possible. Because again, I believe this all goes in together and it is a, when people see you live differently, when they see you react differently to to enemies, when they see you living a different life than this world, when they see you, hear you talking differently, I believe it brings up opportunities to witness, don't you? Verse 12, and not just the world, verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are opened unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. If that verse right there isn't enough to live righteously or desire to, I don't know what is. The same Lord that hears our prayers doesn't want to hear our tongue cursing. Yeah, right? That's what the Bible says. Uh, hey, you know, it talks about the waters. Uh, you can't bring good and bitter water out of the same fountain. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, he's saying, hey, uh, uh, I want to hear good things. 
And in fact, when you talk about prayer and things, uh, verse 7, we didn't read this, but I'll go to it anyway, because it's a good one. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together with, of the grace of life. And we like to stop right there, but it keeps going. That your prayers be not hindered. Oh, we don't like that part, do we, husbands? Right? If you're married, you don't like that part. But what it's saying is, hey, you don't honor your wife. And you're striving with your wife, uh, and you're not being forgive, uh, having a forgiving attitude to her. The Lord doesn't want to listen to your prayers. I didn't say it. The Bible said it right there. Ouch. Mark eleven twenty five. Maybe you're not a married man today. Mark eleven twenty five. This is Jesus. It's in red. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses, but if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That, that's all of us right there. Yes. Jesus said a lack of forgiveness will hinder your prayers from being heard by him. You know what? We need to let Jesus, you know what he should see and hear out of us? Us living together in unity being in one mind, brotherly love, uh, being quick to forgive, giving each other grace and mercy that we expect from others. And when we fall short uh, and we still show forgiveness, then we'll receive blessings and answered prayers from the Lord. That sounds good, doesn't it, to you? He's given us good promises in these hard things that he's asking of us. Verse 13, it shifts gears a little bit. And who is that, uh, and who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good. But and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you, and yes. be not afraid yes. of their terror, neither be troubled. Yes. You know what? And here's the truth of this world. As we try to love our enemies, we try to bless those that curse us, as we try to be quick to forgive, there will be people that will take advantage of that. Yes. Right? They'll take advantage of us because of that. They'll look at us as weak, They'll look at us as foolish, and they will try to scam us or take advantage of us. But the Lord says right here is that people that want to harm us, uh, people that want to do these things, the Lord says he will deal with them. He's going to deal with them. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. If you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Right? That's what God says. And uh, they'll have to answer to Jesus one day, and guess what? They're going to miss out on every blessing. That would have come from forgiveness and love and everything else. And being a Christian, walking closely with the Lord. You know, we got to do a lot of times. we got to pray for them and move on. And he says, don't let them trouble you. You know, yes, they may take advantage of us once. And yes, we may have to put some space in between us and them until they turn around for a while. But I'll tell you what, let God deal with their hearts. And he will. And then we get to verse 15. I like this verse. A lot of times this one is quoted outside of everything around it. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer yeah. to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness yeah. and fear. Yeah. And you know what I believe? We have to put that with this whole section of the passage right here. If we truly 
love one another, right? That's what he said to do. If we forgive one another, if we live righteously as best we can, if we talk different than this world, uh, and all of that will only happen if you sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, right? Now, only if you let the Lord work on the inside uh, and, and, and the effects from the outside will come from the inside. Uh, once we've decided to let our hearts not be led by this world and their ideas and their speech, then the next thing that will happen, God is saying, you've got to be ready because they will ask you about these things. And that's what we've been saying yeah. all along. They're going to ask you, why do you live that way? Why yeah. do you talk yeah. that way? Yeah. Where is this yeah. hope that you have in your life? Where is all this coming from? Why are you choosing to abstain from these things? Why are you doing this stuff? Uh, and we, why do you love so freely? Why do you forgive so freely? What, why do you have hope when this world is hopeless? Why in all of this trouble does your mind have peace when everyone else is in fear? They're going to ask these things, maybe not that way, but they're going to ask you what is going on in your life. And see, the worst thing that we could do is we could say it's me, right? I, I, I'm stronger. I'm, I, I turned over a new leaf. I've done something like that. Uh, no, what we need to do is say, hey, we need to be ready and tell them, hey, yeah. you yeah. may think it's me, but it's Jesus Christ changed my heart. He changed yeah. my life. That's we need to be ready for that because if you live differently and talk differently I'm a firm believer that God will use that as a witnessing tool yeah. now it's hard because we stick out but I, something I've noticed lately is the further this world gets into sin and into wickedness and craziness and everything else, the further they get away from what's real and what the Bible says the more you and I should stick out now, it means we're going to endure troubles from time to time. We're going to endure uh, people not liking us and being offended by us and saying we're haters and everything else. But I'll tell you what, we need to endure that because there will come along some people from time to time, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe family members and friends that are going to say, now, wait a second. I'm tired of this world. Right? I'm tired of living in fear. I'm tired of seeing everything going on in this world and not knowing anything and, and not understanding it and being mad about it. Yet I look at you and see something there. What is that? And we got to be ready. Yeah. we got to be ready. Because like I said, on some of those mission trips, we had no idea what was to come. But... <laughs> We didn't have this elaborate sermon ready right for that day in the alleyway. Uh, all we did was we just shared what God had done in our lives. And that was enough. Yeah. Right? The Holy Spirit took that and used it. And here's the thing. The devil wants to say, well, it's got to be the right time, the right place. All of these things have to line up. And that couldn't be further from the truth. He just wants us to be ready. Be ready to tell people who ask. It's Jesus. It's not me. It's not you. And you know what's wonderful? It's the Holy Spirit will help us. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. He'll give us the words. He'll bring things to your mind. Have you had that happen before? Isn't that wonderful? Verses you haven't thought about forever. All of a sudden you find yourself quoting it as if you just looked at it. That's God. That's God helping us along the way. The same God, the same Holy Spirit that's touching the person on the other end of the conversation can help you. See, a lot of times the devil wants us to be in fear. What if they ask something I don't know the answer to? Then be honest. 
right? What if, what if they, uh, what if they start to argue? What if all these things happen? That's what the devil wants. Focus on the what if. Focus on the failure and everything else, and realize we've got an advantage, right? Because their heart is open right now, and the only reason their heart can be open is because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that Amen. same Spirit's helping you. Amen. So really, really, Amen. we've got the advantage at yeah. that point. God's Amen. helping us on both ends. Amen. You know what? We just need to tell the world what God did to us. Jesus did for us. The gospel, we heard it. That Holy Spirit convicted us. We realized we were a sinner. We realized Jesus died for our sins. We called on his name for forgiveness, and he saved us. That's the formula. And here's the thing. I look around the room of people that are saved. All we're doing is putting in different details, right? I heard the gospel maybe in a sermon, maybe in a church house. I heard the gospel maybe in a track. I heard the gospel maybe on a ride, uh, uh, in a van ride going somewhere. But we heard the gospel, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit convicted. That's all the same. Uh, but then we realized where we were at. We realized we were sinners. Now, some had spent a long time in sin. Some had only spent a handful of years in sin. But either way, knew that we were sinners. And then where we called on Jesus' name, different places, but same God. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? There are a lot of religions, even so-called Christian, uh, different uh, denom sects or whatever you want to call them, that they would say there's no way you could get saved in your home. You'd have to come to an altar or to a specific place at a specific time. I'm glad God saved me. Uh, not, in, not in the church house. He, he gave me the truth in the church, but it took me a while on the way home and getting on the way home for me to uh, accept Jesus Christ. I'm glad for that. Isn't it amazing you think about we can tell them, hey, I don't forgive because it's easy. I don't love my enemies because it's easy or anything like that. I'm just trying to live a life pleasing to Jesus Christ That's right. because of That's what right. he's done for us. And you tell them there's no better life than a life that's saved, set free, and serving the Lord. Yeah. You tell them there's no better life. You tell them I've lived in that life. Don't glory in the sin, but say, hey, I've tried these things yeah. that you're trying now. I tried to find satisfaction in the world, and it didn't come. But let me show yeah. you something different. We've got to be ready. But guess what? He's the one that makes these encounters happen. You know what I try to find myself doing more and more is in the morning. Say, Lord, put somebody in my path today. Somebody, it doesn't, whoever it is, Lord, just and help me to be ready. Help me not to change the subject, but give them the truth. You know he will do that every time. I'm going to open up the altar to pray tonight. If you need to pray about anything, I'm glad we have a God. Now, he's asked us to do a lot in this chapter, but I'm glad that he'll help us every step of the way. It's hard to live different than the world, but it's rewarding, right? We sow to the Spirit. We ask the Lord to help us. We ask him to strengthen us and to help us deal with the problems that we have in our lives. And he will. And we can see us drawing closer to him step Amen. by step, Amen. day by day. That's a blessing to think yeah. about. You know, in our tongues, we can go back in time. Us that have been working on our tongue and realize, man, there are times... Yes, I still say the wrong thing at different times, but aren't you glad it's not as bad as several years oh, yeah. ago, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, I still blow my top from time to time, but aren't you glad that I've held off more than before? Yeah. 
That's God working in their Amen. lives. Amen. Praise God. God. Amen. Right, I'm going to open it up. If anyone's got, uh, if anyone needs to pray or pray at your seat. Uh,